Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of the Evil and Eerie podcast. It's Monday, new week, you know, everything's off to a good start. It actually, <laughs> I'm taping this on, on Friday, the same as the, uh, the last episode that aired, so it's not a new week for me, but by the time you are listening to this, it will be a new week for me, and I will be in a good mood. Not that I'm not, you know, like I said, if you, if you didn't catch the previous episode, you didn't hear me talk about how I'm going to be a production manager on a, a film set this weekend for a short film. I'm super excited for it. It's going to be great. You know, I have the perfect position because I, I'm like keeping everybody on task, which is something that I'm better at than any other task. <laughs> but that was a long yawn. Um, or a hiccup, I meant. But... The only not-so-fun thing about it is that it's super early in the morning. We have to... Because uh, Megan's coming, so she's got to drive up to my house. She... Oh, my God. That poor that poor girl. She's got to wake up super early. She's got to... Like, we have to be there by 7, and it's an hour away from me. And by an hour away from me, I mean 45 minutes. But... Uh, and Megan lives an hour away from me, so she's got to get up at 5... She's got to get up at five. If we're if we're gonna actually no, she's got to get up at four thirty, probably or quarter to five. So, <laughs> uh, we're we're very looking we're looking forward to it. It's a great script, great script, and the director is very nice, and it's gonna be a blast. After we wake up, <laughs> and get used to being up. And I said last time I was going to mention mean like I whenever I have to wake up super early it becomes an emotional <laughs> distressful time for me I have never so I love sleep and I hate sleep at the same time we have a love-hate relationship as an infant I remember being told I was never a sleeper I was always up always always up unlike my younger brother who was a sleeper polar opposites uh I, I was just not a sleeper not a sleeper i was just always awake and as i continued through my life i've only gotten worse i am one of those people where i i have the mentality of i will sleep when i'm dead because there's just always so much to do there are only 24 hours in a day, which, in my opinion, is not enough. <laughs> um, I feel like we should at least have 36, but who am I to, you know, that's not up to me or anybody. It's up to, you know, sunrise. But I, there, there really isn't enough time in one day. I'm always, like, by the time, like, most of you are going to bed, I'm, like, finding stuff I need to do or like, you know, or like, you know, doing stuff last minute and college, my sleep schedule got screwed because I, my earliest classes were like one, two sometimes. So I would always, you know, and I was a commuter. So I, I was going to school, coming home at seven, eight. So I wouldn't get to really do anything like any of, you know, 
any work or anything like you know leisurely until around that time so then i'd stay up until oh my god one two and that's normal for college kids but um i might still have not <laughs> quite gotten over that yet especially because my job currently community access television community access tv always happens at night like there are like exceptions like sometimes it'll happen like in the morning but most of the shows are at night so like you know not like a my 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 day-to-day -day schedule is cr like super crazy but like i i definitely need to like fix that so i waking up early for me if i don't get eight hours like i i, I say like i don't like sleep but that's not the entire truth of it it's my body doesn't like getting sleep and my body won't let me sleep and if there's something going on the next day where I like I need to really like how do I describe it? if there's something like if there's like a big event going on the next day like I think I'm like subconsciously anxious and I can't fall asleep because I'm thinking about it too much even though like there's nothing to be anxious about I think it's just like something's going on it might be anxiety that I'm not gonna wake up on time I don't know and so I like if I don't get eight hours of sleep sometimes more waking up for me is awful like I literally will want to cry I don't but I will want to and I don't cry because I know that I have to be somewhere in front of people and facing me with tears in my eyes it's not gonna be good no I'm kidding I I like it but it's it's not fun it's not fun so wish me luck um today it's it's currently 6 30 in the morning um, I actually woke up in the middle of the night and was not, I went to bed at around midnight, which is early for me. Uh, and I, I woke up in the middle of the night around three, wasn't able to fall back asleep. So I've currently been up for a couple of hours and I'm hoping I, here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to get super tired around noon. I'm probably not going to be able to fight it. I'm probably going to fall asleep and I'm hoping I stay I stay asleep until like eight o'clock at night. If I do, I'll wake up and stay up through the shoot. I'll be back home at three on Saturday. So, you know, I'll I'll be perfectly tired again by then. Fall asleep at three, wake up at eleven PM, stay up through the next day of the shoot, and then I'm just going to stay up. I, I'm gonna fight it go to sleep at like 10 o'clock on Sunday night, then my sleep schedule will be back to normal. So I'm really hoping and praying, and I know that sounds crazy, y'all like, are gonna be like, you know, what is wrong with you? I, I know, hope on. So hopefully by Monday, I will have a normal sleep routine again. Anyway, enough about that. If you're watching right now, we are doing the Rebecca Schaefer murder. She was an actress, uh, not in anything that I've seen, but shows that I've, uh, a show that I've heard of. So, before we jump into that, please rate, review, like, subscribe, download, follow us on all our socials, which I plug in every episode, but if, you know, if you don't watch every episode, evil, at Evil and Eerie Podcast for Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and at Evil Eerie Podcast for Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Evil and Eerie Podcast, hit that subscribe button, like all of our videos, if you think we're good. If you don't, don't dislike it. Just don't share your opinion if you don't like it. And, um, also, 
hit that bell so you don't miss any episodes. So we are doing the Rebecca Schaefer case. Like I just said, she was an actress who, spoiler alert, was murdered. So a little background about Rebecca Schaefer. She was born into a Jewish family in Oregon on November 6th, 1967. She was an only child of a writer and instructor at a community college and a child psychologist. So she she was brought up into a very well-educated family. She, like I said, was raised Jewish. She attended public high schools. She wanted to originally become a rabbi. I didn't know that women could become rabbis until now. You learn something new every day, but good for her. But that all changed because she got into modeling and she was a pretty girl. She was a pretty girl. So that that changed quick. <laughs> and uh, she she actually was in department store catalogs and television commercials. And she even appeared as an extra in television. <clears throat> Sorry, in television. She uh, actually moved to New York City in August of 1984. Her parents let her go because she wanted to pursue modeling as a career. So while she was working in New York as a model, she went to professional children's school. She had a short-term role on Guiding Light, which was a soap opera in the 80s. And I don't know if that's one of the ones that's still on. I'm curious. It started in the 70s, actually. My bad. All right, so... Oh my goodness, they had 72 seasons, both on radio and on... Actually, it must have started... Oh my god, it started in the 50s. Oh, I think it ended. 2009, that's sad. Had a good run, though, over 50 years. That's always something I've wanted to do. Find a soap opera, watch it from the beginning to the end. Hopefully they have, because a lot of them started on radio. So I'd have to find one that either didn't start on radio or one with, like, all the radio archives, because... I'm the type of person where I have to watch a show in order. Unless it's like, unless it's a sitcom. Unless it's a sitcom that I'm not, that like doesn't, like all the episodes are different. Then I'll watch them out of order, but I still get weird about it. I like to watch shows in order, in order. So I, and I don't like missing a single one. So anyway, back to the, back to the topic on hand. She landed the role of Annie Barnes on One Life to Live, which was another soap opera. And that was a six-month role for her, which, on a soap opera, that's that's pretty good. Uh, during this time, she attempted to further her modeling career. She was five foot seven, which is sadly too... I was going to say, that's isn't that tall for for um, a woman? Like, I think it's... I think that's like... I'm, I'm five seven. I think I'm... Neither five six or five seven. I'm very short, very very short, but um, for a guy. But like I feel like that's normal height for a girl because aren't girls like short, like naturally like supposed to be shorter, or is that way less? I don't know. Something something of that. But it is. I was gonna say it's it's tall, but it's actually considered too short for fashion modeling. And she struggled to find work. In 1985, she moved to Japan because she wanted to find more modeling jobs. But due to her height and weight, she couldn't do stuff there either. 
she went back to New York, and this is when she decided to focus on becoming an actress. She got a small role in a Woody Allen comedy called Radio Days, but ultimately her performance was edited from the film and only a brief scene with her character remains in it. That really sucks. <laughs> it's it's like you, you get a a role and you know, a small one, but you get a role and it's it's edited out. The the one part you do have. That's a shame. Um I think that's what would happen to me if I ever were to get a role. I feel like knowing my luck, that would be like, they'd be like, we need to get rid of one single scene and it's going to be the one you're in. I would, I would be, I would be done. I'd be like, I'm done with this career. So she uh, continued modeling. She did a lot of modeling. Oh my God. And she worked as a waitress to make ends meet. She was on the cover of Seventeen magazine and this is where she got her big break. She uh, she was discovered. This was her, I, I didn't mean to say big break. Does that make sense in this context? That's, that's where she was discovered. And uh, TV producers who were casting for the comedy, My Sister Sam, who also had, which also had Pam Dauber in it, uh, really, really took a liking to her. And so she auditioned and got the role of Patricia Russell a teenager who moves to Oregon from San Francisco to live with her 29-year-old sister, Sam. So, she she wasn't the titular character, Sam, but she would have been the one saying the name of the TV show. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm playing with my flip phone. Um, my flip, my sandal. Why did I call it a flip-flop? My sandal. I mean, they're the same thing. Aren't they? My sandal. Um... <laughs> but uh, so she would have been the one saying like oh my sister Sam it would have been like from her perspective if that makes sense so uh, after the death of their parents is when the character moves in with sister Sam the series was a hit top 25 so it was it was high in the rankings it was cancelled though after the second actually halfway through the second season which sucks in 1988 because of failing ratings. I feel like that's, that's, I, I feel like these days, if you're, if a show is successful in, in the first season, but it isn't in the second, I feel like that's too early to call it quits. I feel like you have to at least give it a third season, see where it goes from there. But sadly, and that's, uh, I just halfway through too. So it's like, you, you really, you really have no, like, I feel like at the end of every season of every show, you might have, like, an idea, like, oh, it might get canceled. But halfway through, like, you really don't have any times to say proper, proper goodbyes to everyone. And I don't know how a show could go from ranking in the top 25 to then, like, having failing ratings in the second season. Plus the screen rating drastically got worse. I don't know. After uh, my sister, Sam, she had supporting roles in scenes from The Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, Another Mouthful, The End of Innocence, and the television film Out of Time, which is a made-for-TV. I always love saying that. She was also a spokeswoman for the children's charity Thursday's Child. So not only was, you know, her, you know, after the hiccup of getting the show canceled, she, she was still getting roles. She was a model citizen. So she she was really 
she had she had everything going for her and you know obviously like you know her modeling career someone is walking I, I said this in the last episode someone's walking upstairs and it's perturbing me might be my dog he might be strolling around he likes to strut in the morning so the murder on July 18th 1989 she had a fan named I'm making it sound like she just had a fan on that day <laughs> 19-year-old fan Robert John Bardo uh, came to her home in West Hollywood, shot and killed her. Now, he had been stalking her since he was 16 years old. So, three years, three whole years, he had been stalking her. Uh, that was not his first obsession, though. He was previously obsessed with child peace activists Samantha Smith. Uh, she had died at a plane crash in 1985. That's an interesting obsession to have. A child peace activist. Like, celebrities, like, not like obsessions are good or normal by any means. But, like, if you're going to have one, why a child peace activist? I mean, granted, he was a child at the time, too. Like, he would have been the same age as her, so... Not like he was, like, you know, preying on her, but, I mean, if it's anybody, like, celebrity, at least it's a little bit more, it's a little understand, more understandable, I don't know, I mean, none of it's understandable, but I think you guys know what I'm getting at. So he wrote a lot of fan letters to Rebecca Schaefer. She answered one of them, which I'm sure blew his mind. In 1987, he traveled to Los Angeles and went to the set of My Sister Sam in hopes of meeting her. Uh, Warner Brothers security did turn him away, though. Thank God. That wasn't his last time trying to go, though. It's, he, he went back a month later with a knife, but they again prevented him from going there. He went back to Tucson, Arizona, where he was from, and he... he wasn't obsessed with Schaefer anymore. He was probably too upset that he wasn't let into the set. But he did become obsessed with Madonna, Debbie Gibson, and Tiffany, the pop artist. So, I don't know. That's just, that's just, like, it's a, like, if you're going to be, another thing, if you're going to be obsessed with someone, just keep your upset. Someone is walking. I don't like that. Oh, it might be my brother going to work, actually. That's probably exactly what it is. If you're going to be obsessed with someone, just, like, keep it like a fantasy. Keep this, keep the fantasy to yourself, okay? Keep the fantasy to yourself. Like, you don't need to be following them. You don't need to be meeting them in person. Heroes always disappoint anyway. So the people you look up to are never going to meet your expectations. Not everybody. That's, that's not true, but, like, if you, someone is coming downstairs, I don't like it. They're gonna, they're really gonna open the door on me, and I'm not gonna be here for it. I hope it's my brother, he's the only one that won't barge in on me. So, sorry if you're listening to this podcast, anybody in my family, but, so if you're gonna be obsessed with someone, just... 
do it from a distance. Heroes always disappoint. Not ever. Like I was going to say, if you ever meet me, if I'm your hero and you ever meet me, I won't disappoint you. I might, but. So, anyway. He uh, watched Rebecca Schaefer. This is, we're going back to John Bardo. Is that his name? Robert John Bardo. Sorry. When you have two, when your first and middle name are two, like when you are referred to by your whole first name or you have two first names, it's just never a good thing. So, Rebecca Schaefer, like I said, was in Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, which was a 1989 black comedy. And by black comedy, I don't mean black in the sense that it had a black cast. Uh, black comedy means dark comedy or is it like a macabre comedy almost like um those of you who are familiar with film and know mel brooks he did a lot of black comedy i feel like like doomy and gloomy but like not like but it's like still funny at the same time like very serious subject matter um actually maybe mel brooks wasn't a good example but so it was, you know, scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. And she was in bed with another actor. And I, this set him off, apparently. <laughs> uh, I guess he was jealous. And in his mind, this made her another Hollywood whore. So he had gotten inspiration from a man named Arthur Richard Jackson, who had stalked and stabbed another actress, Teresa Saldana, in 1982. Uh, and she actually survived that attack. Barta learned that Jackson had used a he used a private investigator to obtain her address. He then paid a detective agency in Tucson two hundred and fifty dollars to find her home in California's Department of Motor Vehicles records. His brother helped him get a GP one hundred point three five seven handgun. How do they not know that he had... I feel like if you're, like, family, you should know that your your family has, like, issues. Like he did, clearly. I guess not. Either that or they were turning a blind eye. I don't know. So, he went to Los Angeles, and he roamed around the neighborhood where she lived to ask people if she actually lived there. He wanted to get absolute 100% confirm confirmation that that was her house. And as soon as he did, he rang the doorbell. Now, she was actually auditioning for The Godfather Part 3. And, which, oh my god, imagine if she'd been in that. That would have been insane. That would have been insane. That would have been cool. Uh, that would that would have really taken her career to the next level. And so basically, because she was auditioning for it, there was a script that was getting delivered to her house. And so she was expecting someone to come to the door. Again, this is another one of those moments where it's like, that is such bad timing. It's so unfortunate that it's it's such bad timing. But, so Bardo showed her the letter and an autograph that she had previously sent him. They had a very short conversation. And after they had conversed 
Um, which, I mean, she was nice to do. You know, she, she told him, listen, please don't come to my house again. Please respect my privacy. You know. <laughs> that, I guess, that was not the right thing to tell this man who <laughs> was obsessed with her. Yeah, he went to a diner nearby, had some breakfast, and then he went back to her apartment an hour later. She answered the door. She had a very cold look on her face. She was not pleased that he uh, he was back. He, uh, he pulled the handgun out and shot her point blank, you know, in the chest at the doorway. She fell and said, why? Again, sorry, I'm not doing dramatic recreations today. It's too early. <laughs> and, you know, uh, there are people upstairs that are going to hear me. And it's, it's embarrassing. So she was rushed to the emergency room of Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. She was pronounced dead 30 minutes after their arrival. And she was buried at a Jewish cemetery in Portland, Oregon. Ugh, so sad. She was only 21 years old at the time. 21. Her 22nd birthday was, no, wait, wait a minute. No, it wasn't. The math is not correct on this. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Her birthday, I lied. Her birthday was approaching. She was going to be 22 soon. And that's how old I am. That's crazy to think about. She was a baby. She was a baby. So, I don't know if he shot her because of the, like, don't come back to my house, or whether it had something to do with him, his viewpoint on her becoming you know, with the scene with her in bed. I don't know what triggered him. It could have been all the above, or he just could have been a psychopath. I mean, he was a psychopath, but. So, the Tucson police chief, so I don't know why I paused there, Peter Fronstad arrested Barter the next day after motorists reported a man running traffic on Interstate 10. He immediately confessed. And uh, Marsha Clark, who was the lead prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson murder was the one who prosecuted the case against him. Just a, a fun little fact there. He was convicted in uh, of capital murder in a bench trial and was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Uh, they then made a federal law against the release of personal information through the DMV, which should have been a thing in the first place. Again, this could have been prevented. And it also helped to prompt the 1990 passing of America's first anti-stalking laws, including California Penal Code 646.9. Uh, she was dating someone at the time of her death, Schaefer, uh, Brad Silberling, who was a director, and uh, her death influenced his film Moonlight Mile in 2002, uh, after a man's, about a man's grief after his fiance is murdered, which is just awful. Uh, shortly after the death, her co-stars, Joel Brooks, David Notman, and Jenny O'Hara, as well as Pam Dauber, who was on My Sister Sam with her, um, as well as the other three people, not just Pam Dauber, they filmed a public service announcement to uh, for the center to prevent handgun violence in her memory. So, uh, very sad. Imagine how long her filmography would have been today. Uh, I have a feeling she was, she, I mean, she was in the prime of her life and career, and I have a feeling that, I mean, if she had, who knows whether she would have gotten the Godfather role or not. If she had, oh my lord, her career would have 
escalated. Even if not, though, I have a feeling she would have she would have done a, a lot. So, rest in peace, Rebecca Shaver. But um, it's so you know two two crazy murder. This and the the Kitty Genovese episode from Monday, just like two insane murders. This one was more motive based, obviously, um, but both both very interesting so i was gonna say thank you for joining me in murder monday but murder mondays isn't a thing because last monday's episode was about friday the 13th so not all i learned about murders but uh like i said you know i've i've got a hell of a two days ahead of me so usually you know i try to do longer episodes not when i'm by myself but like i usually try to do like 45 you know, 50 minute episodes. Uh, I do have to cut them short, unfortunately, a little bit, just because I, I've got a lot of stuff to do today. A lot of stuff before, you know, I, I play around with my sleep schedule and that's all, that's gonna be fun. So I'm going to cut the episodes uh, short. Maybe Friday's episode, will, or Wednesday or Friday's episode will be a little bit longer. I don't know, I might have to do a couple more solo episodes just because this this week is going to be hell on wheels it's going to be hell on no it, like it'll the weekend's gonna be fun but it'll it'll still be hell on wheels because i'm gonna have to wake up something i'm not looking forward to wake up early so again thank you for listening please subscribe to the youtube channel rate review download um follow us on all of our socials and hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of or week this is the last now i can i can say it we're in the last full week of august which is uh, kind of sad to think about it's it's kind of uh the summer went by way too fast way too fast and i'm hoping fall because i am looking forward to fall i'm hoping fall takes its sweet ass time because thinking about winter and like thinking about like december january february are just months that are not for me not for me and, and i'm like i usually like i can deal with like one blowout like storm or maybe two blowout storms a year snowstorms i mean because i don't fully mind the snow it's just there's nothing that goes on in those months nothing so i'm hoping this year i can take off to florida for two weeks and visit my cousins in uh sarasota but enough rambling for me i've got to get these episodes uploaded and I've, oh Lord, I've just, I am, wish me luck, wish me luck. And I wish you luck on everything you are going to do this week. Hopefully you have a very prosperous work week and I will see you again on Wednesday.